Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning that it's not suitable for children. And it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast. So Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. This episode of Australian True Crime is, among other things, a very honest look at sex work. We've spoken to sex workers before, but never this explicitly. And when I say explicit, I don't mean sexy. 
I mean we're going to be talking about violence and sexual violence in a pretty graphic way. At times, it's even going to get gynecological. So if that's something that you're not comfortable with, then this one might not be for you. Our guest today is Angie. She was a sex worker and drug user for some years, and she sustained a brain injury through an unsuccessful suicide attempt, which accounts for her struggle to think of words sometimes. As dire as all of that sounds, she's a very positive person and fantastic company, and this is not going to be the most depressing podcast you've ever heard, I promise you. Angie is one of a kind, as is her wife Luna, who sat beside her during this recording, and you may hear her chime in from time to time. I'm sure it sounds like I've already given you all of the highlights, if that's the word, of Angie's story, but I promise you I haven't. There's lots more to come. And we begin by hearing about Angie's early life. I grew up in an area where there was an awful lot of immigrants and with those immigrants came the belief that it was evil, yucky, bad. You say you, you kind of knew that you were gay. Yeah. So you had a boyfriend in high school and you ran away with him? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was funny because we were using protection before we left, but I think the thrill of the adventure, we just, <laughs> like, we were like, we were like bunnies and we just didn't even consider the repercussions of being bunnies. <laughs> and so you fell pregnant mm-hmm. during the adventure. Yeah. And came home to mummy because uh, I was a couple of states away by that stage. But we should also mention that you had suffered sexual abuse um, at the hands of a number of offenders by the time you, you ran away with your boyfriend as well. Actually, that all happened before high school. It was like between the ages of five and 12. I wonder how much of that was to do with you, the, the big adventure of running away with your boyfriend as well. So you came home, um, you had your baby, you got married to your boyfriend, he became your husband. And in fact, I mean, you wrote in your notes that it was the relationship became tumultuous and toxic with many breakups, but you were still very young. You would have been 18 when you got married. So you're still very young to be married and parents. And then you hadn't been diagnosed with anything by that stage, but. No, um, they, I, I had been diagnosed with depression a few times. Okay. But you attempted to take your life for the first time pretty early. Yeah. I, was, I think I was, I was almost 19. So I was still 18. You then went on to have another baby, though, within that marriage? Uh, Yeah, we actually, that was actually sneaky of me. I had actually left my husband and was, you know, living on my own with my son, and I wanted to give him a sibling. I didn't really want to start a new relationship. I thought it would be kind of nice for them to share the same bloodline. So... It was the only deceitful thing I'd have really done in my life that was really deceitful. And I got back together with him with the sole purpose of getting pregnant, which makes it sound like I left him because the job was done. But I I didn't, I swear. I left him because he put his hands on me while pregnant and that was, for me, a no-go. I thought about how I could make enough money to establish myself in a home quickly Two little kids? Well, uh, I was still pregnant, so I only had the one. And then you moved back in with your mum and it was pretty cramped? Moving in. 
And that was, was that the first time that you ever considered becoming a sex worker? First thing I did was see my doctor and said, is this safe for me to do this? And he said, just think of it like a cork floating in a bottle. It's fine. And uh, I rang up the local brothel and off I went. And I was, because I was not romantically attracted to men, it was very easy for me to separate, like, the sex from emotional connection. So it was, uh, would you say it was a sort of positive working environment for you when it, when it was good? Yeah, yeah, it was great, very empowering. You know, I, I, I felt attractive. I was constantly being told how beautiful and how articulate and, and what a great conversationalist I was. And it was great for my morale and, and my ego. The worst thing that I've read in your notes, though, being an old receptionist, is that you were sexually assaulted in brothels and the way that it was handled was, was disgusting. appalling. It was disgusting. I shouldn't say sexually assaulted. I'm, I'm, I'm sanitizing it. You were raped. Yeah. So um, I was working at this little place in Brunswick. Uh, it was a smaller brothel, and these three guys came in mid twenties. One was built like a rugby player, and he's the one that chose me. And I was actually in the room closest to the reception desk. And there is a buzzer by the bed that you can press if you're in trouble. If you can get to it. Yeah, if you can get to it. He got on top and he just let his entire weight fall on me without holding himself up at all. The only part of him that was moving was this crutch. And my mouth and face was like buried into his shoulder and I couldn't breathe. And even if my mouth was free to breathe, the sheer weight of him on me. What was his reaction when he was finished? Sure, I mean, you would have been fighting. He had to have known you couldn't breathe. When a human being can't breathe, they'll fight with every bit mm -hmm. of strength they have. Mm -hmm. What was his reaction? Uh, there wasn't any. The way he was reacting, he could have been doing it with a blow-up doll, you know, and I don't think it would have looked or seemed any different. I was suffering after my second baby was born and I was suffering from a very, very, very deep depression. And I did not believe that I was the best choice for my children. I didn't think I was doing a good job at all. And so I asked my ex if he would take them for three months while I got some proper mental health in place and care. And uh, so I, I told him that I was working in a brothel. He assumed that that meant I was doing drugs, which I wasn't. Yeah, as people do assume. Yeah. Yep. And uh, when the three months was up, he said, I'm not giving them back to you. And he said, no judge in the land would give a woman like you these children. So don't even bother trying. And I believed him. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So you went from living in that apartment that you'd worked so hard for with your kids to having to move out of that. You lost your home and you ended up sleeping in share accommodation and then moving around from place to place and even on the street? I, I left the brothels situation before I ended up on the street. Why leave brothels and, and move to the street? I'd gotten hurt too many times and there was so many instances where I was put in jeopardy and the receptionist or manager's uh, answer to that was, we can't make this a thing. So you're going to be quiet and we're going to make this go away. And I thought to myself, well, why am I giving more than half of the total to these people for my security when there isn't any? And also you fell in love, right? So you're starting to to have your first relationships with women through the brothels. Is that right? I, I had like a little six-week thing early in my brothel life, but I, I met someone who I was with for four years off and on, again, very toxic. We're, we're both using and very dysfunctional relationship. But yeah, like, funny, I actually didn't use before I met her. I'd never used drugs. And about five months into our relationship, I knocked off work and I went to her house to find her smashed on the couch. And after working in brothels for all those years, I knew exactly what I was looking at. And my heart sunk and I thought, oh, my God, what do I do now? I'm actually in love with this person. When my depression got insanely bad, like the despair was beyond real, I said to her, look, I can't take this feeling anymore. Would you help me get on? And she said no at first. And I said, well, look, you know, you know who I have access to. I, I get any of my workmates to help me out with this, but I'd rather do it with you. And so she ended up saying, okay. After my first hit, that was it for me every day. 
But then it became a matter of because she wasn't prepared to put herself in a position of working that I was supporting both of us. You've said that it's hard for you to remember really a lot of that time for various reasons because of the drug use, but also, yeah, I would say your brain's probably trying to protect you from a lot of it. Yeah. The big ones are burned in my memory, but there was lots of times where I was swindled, I was robbed, I was actually raped, or they would use me like a rag doll, and I get those memories in bits. For example, um, we were talking before about how differently men can present themselves and how oftentimes it's not the scariest-looking ones at the outset who turn out to be terrifying. That's the one that almost killed me and very, very nearly blinded me. He was driving a very expensive car. He had very expensive clothes and cologne on. He spoke with a posh accent, like he'd been to private school all his life and then worked in corporate. And so I felt very comfortable that he wanted to go to a place different from my normal place to go. So we get to the car park, and the first thing he does is he locks, central locks the doors, and I was really uncomfortable. I said, I'm really not happy to do anything with the doors locked. Can you open them, please? And he said, no, but you can give me your wallet. I said, no, no, I'm not giving you more wallet. So he pulls out a crowbar from beside the driver's seat, and then all of a sudden he just starts flucking me with as much swing as he could in that confined space. He split open my forehead to the bone. He split open my nose to the bone uh, with the square part of the crowbar. So it was like he didn't hit my eye. I'd have been blinded in the eye. And that's when I thought, shit, well, I better do what he says. He must have covered himself and the interior of the car in your blood. Mm -hmm. What a psychopath. Blood was flying everywhere. Yeah. And... I had this huge bag. I couldn't see anything for the blood in my eyes. So I'm like doing, finding my wallet by Braille amongst all the, the condoms and the lubes and, you know, and, or everything else that I kept in this bag. And I wasn't getting it fast enough. So he just starts like flacking me on the back of my head. And when I finally go, got it, I gave it to him. He just threw it in the back seat and said, right, now take off your pants. And something inside me snapped and I, I got really cold really fast. I just looked at him and I said, mate, I have been beaten up by you. I've been robbed by you. I am not going to be raped by you on top of it all. And he's like looking at me as if to say, yeah, go on tough girl. And I, I went on and I said, look, I'm a mother of two. I'm the oldest of nine. I have multiple parents. I will be missed. They will look for you. If you want to fuck a corpse, go ahead, because I cannot be knocked out. I've never been able to be knocked out. So you will have to kill me. And he didn't say a word. He unlocked the door. He reached over me and opened the door. And somehow jangled his leg off the side and literally kicked me out. As he was driving away, he threw my bag out. I tried so hard to see the number plate. There was so much blood in my eyes and my vision was so blurry. 
I couldn't even make it one letter. My then partner took uh, heart medication to lower blood pressure. We were fighting. I can't remember the exact words or, or phrases, but I know we were fighting about the fact that I wasn't bringing any income in. I just snapped, I think, and I, I grabbed her tablets and I ran into the bathroom and I took them all. And uh, there was like 80 left. Wow. That's enough to stop your heart, which is what they did. Yeah. But you do say you had suffered brain damage during the entire ordeal. Yeah. Well, I was dead for a total of 12 minutes. Wow. So when I actually came out of the coma, I was asking same questions minutes apart. Like I had the memory of literally a goldfish. You didn't remember your kids. I didn't remember that I had children. I remember that. After that, my mental illnesses were diagnosed. Borderline and bipolar. And I was put on antipsychotics. And it was like a miracle. It was like I'd been looking through frosted glass all my life. And all of a sudden, they were taken off and I could see clearly. I could understand why people were reacting the way they were. Even though I had a good grasp on empathy, I could understand why people were feeling the way they were. I couldn't relate it back to myself. So I couldn't see how I was causing these feelings in, in other people. But all that like became clear. And also my own emotional reactions made a lot more sense. And they weren't as intense. I was referred to a psychologist that um, specialized in trauma and PTSD. And uh, I worked with her for a bit over a year. It helped so much. And now, you know, I can go out for a walk. I can I can go out and be with people. Tell us, though, I'm fascinated by your views on drug treatment. You've got very well-researched and obviously well-informed views when it comes to drug treatment. I think looking at it from a criminal element is really just perpetuating the problem. If you, obviously, I'm not saying don't lock up the dealers, but from a user standpoint, it's not just the criminal system, it's the community at large. They see drug users as evil, bad people, and, and, and they're just criminals. I really strongly feel that it's a health issue. Nobody wakes up one morning and thinks, I'm going to take some hard drugs today. I think that'll be fun. It's always an escape. You're trying to escape something, and it's usually something pretty bad. But you haven't used yourself in how long? Seven years. It's taught me a lot. I never make assumptions about people. I never judge their choices. I realized that there are so many factors that come into play when someone's acting a certain way or making certain choices that like, there's no way I could understand all the facets that went into what they're doing. 
Thank you to our guests today, Angie and Luna. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 13 9276 or 13yarn.org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.